0: Welcome to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast. Thanks for joining us on the Journal of Biophilic Design today. We're really excited to be joined by Dr Leighton Phillips. He's Director of Research and Innovation at University Partnerships for the NHS Wales. He's also Honorary Professor at Aberystwyth University and he's Director on the Hjul Dar. University Health Board. I hope I've pronounced that right. Have I, (laughs) Leighton?
1: Hold on. Yeah, that's close enough.
0: Thanks. Ah, Hold on. Okay. (laughs) Um, It's a a lovely language when you get it right. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us today. Um, For the listeners, do know that Dr. Phillips has written a fantastic and really inspiring article for our our, uh, healthcare. It's our third edition of the Journal of Biophilic Design, which is an ebook version and also a printed copy which you can get from our website journalbyflickdesign.com or on Amazon as well. So um, Leighton maybe you could sort of kick off by telling us um, about yourself please and what your journey um, has been into the NHS and what you're doing now please.
1: Yeah of course Ness. I'm Director of Research Innovation and um, University Partnership within the Health Board currently and I have to confess at the the outset of of this discussion that I'm by no means an expert in in biophilic um, design. However, as as an individual, I've got quite an inquiring mind, which I guess the job requires of me that um, my role currently is all about um, conducting clinical trials within the NHS, testing new technological innovations and questioning um, what we want the future to be like um, through through that work and sometimes working uh, closely with, with, with university um, partners. So that's the core of what I do professionally. But I guess personally it's important here as well in that yeah, fundamentally I believe nature, the natural environment profoundly influences our health and well-being. I've always thought it personally. Um, I felt it personally in terms of when I've had a, a stressful situation. Um, that spending time walking um, in in a natural environment is very important to to me. Um, which kind of I don't want to jump ahead to um, other sections of the discussion. I'm sure I'll have today, but it's a coupling of those two things, really.
0: That's really interesting. And your your journey, because you're quite an outdoors chap, aren't you? <laughs> as
1: well. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I enjoy um surfing, walking, mm. cycling, mm. everything outdoors. And as a family, um, we're we're we much the same. Um mm. I mean personal journey um I haven't always worked within with the NA, with, within the NHS. I've worked within um, other sectors. I've spent time with within academia, which is probably nourishing the in, inquiring minds. Um, I've spent time working in governmental roles as well as in, in, in the housing sector. So my understanding, I guess, of the importance of built environments to to how we feel, um, and um, that the wider determinants of mm-hmm. of health are really important. You kind of, as you do, you you carry your previous professional career into your next position. In the, I've seen my career, the journey that I've taken as a kind of e- evolution, um, as a, as opposed to um, just magically arriving in this director position it's a consequence of earlier positions and Mm. and and interests of course so um and I think that's what's again to say again that's what's really captivated me in terms of biophilic design in that it's kind of blurred the boundary yeah I guess um in in relation to my own life outside of work Mm. and also my professional life, and I've seen an opportunity to, to, to do what both interests me personally, but also to use my profession um, and my role within the NHS, a blurring of the boundary between those those two things, um, hopefully for the good of um, heldar and the organisation that I currently work in.
0: Uh, is, is, is you are really making a difference um i've spoken to other your mem- staff members and, and they're really inspired by what you're doing and what you're sort of you know filtering down across the across the the teams um the the article that i i you know i, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast um obviously in the healthcare edition of the journal of bifolic design you mentioned that and i'm quoting that with over 1200 hospitals a million staff and nearly everyone in the uk having some interaction with the nhs services just imagine the health and planetary impact of the nhs embracing biophilic design i mean i I, people who have listened to this podcast before know why i've researched into biophilic design because of my family being in the nhs or being in a hospital environment staff were amazing you know completely worked off their feet but but really amazing it was the environment that was stressful um and not nice and causing more pain if you want and more anxiety and the fight and flight and the cortisol levels and all that sort of stuff um and when i read that when you and, and the whole article that you've written so listeners if you can get your hands on a copy of the journal of Biophilic design please do the the third edition um it, it was really inspiring um can you uh can you can you maybe sort of like as a kind of like blue sky thing well how would you like to see the nhs um environments transformed i mean maybe you could kind of say what your take is on some of them now you know what, what it's like now like a snapshot and then how you would like it to be
1: yeah of course um so important to recognize i guess the the built environment the built environment of healthcare across the the uk say the 1200 hospitals and all the work around but also outside of hospital settings I guess is reflective of a belief at a point in time but buildings and architecture I I guess can sometimes outlast um, the period of time of, of that belief so a lot of our estate, I think, within our organisation and it's, it's not unique to our organisation more widely across the NHS is reflective of what we believed would be good 60, 70 years ago. So uh, the, the environments that we work in were designed for, for good reason, but perhaps haven't evolved Quickly enough to be reflective of what we now know is important to determining health and well-being. So, designed at a time where we we thought clinical um, settings, um, which were were white, sterile, um, all things that are still exceptionally important. I should add, but um, there was a particular modernist um, design approach where as we we probably appreciate now that um people spending time within those environments it doesn't necessarily put them at ease to your point um nest mm-hmm. feeling stressed within that setting um and doesn't aid their recovery if we are talking about our hospitals, but obviously mm-hmm. most of us, probably ninety percent of us will interact more with with primary care and the same can be true there when we're coming into the Mm. uh, primary care facilities and I guess I believe that we can still uh, maintain safe, clean, fantastic clinical environments while introducing colour, while introducing fresh air, Yes. While introducing views of the natural environment. So we don't have to compromise all that we knew was good within a modernist period of, of time. But we can harness, even within our current estate, things that we know um, promote health and, and well being, and use every, I guess, investment decision that we make as large organizations to um, to do more to do more of that because I believe that people probably prefer spend their time in environments that that aid their recovery. It's partly that, and partly spotting that there are examples from across the UK and internationally of. Um, hospitals and clinical facilities are really starting to embrace uh, embrace this concept of biophilic design.
0: Absolutely I mean it's also the staff I mean you touched on it yourself about you know when you're stressed at work and, and things and you know my mother um, was in just hospital and she's unfortunately she passed away but she passed away in a quite a cacophonous environment um, but the staff were amazing you know there was all there was so much stuff going on and um, you just think they've got no where to go there's respite and it's almost like being in a prison environment um but like you say even just going into primary care even just going into your doctor you, you want a nice sort of like environment to calm you down something you recognize that all those kind of visual references that we have like we you know we spoke about before um i mean you've you've got a 10 year strategy and um and and you've you've called it a healthier mid and west wales um and you're going to you know it's going to see millions actually spent on healthcare infrastructure can you tell us a little bit about the plan and and how biophilic design will fit into that
1: yeah of, of course so our our strategic plan is um setting out the future of healthcare but also activities that um we undertake as an organization to promote health and well-being and that is the point really in in this that as an organization we do more then provide services out of um, hospitals, secondary yeah. care facilities, and we want to do even more in in the future. So our um, healthier Mid and West Wales is about setting out that that journey. How do we move as an organisation increasingly from one that um, delivers healthcare to those who are ill and treats them to accepting uh, a wider role in promoting population health and and well-being and if you start to look at your role through that lens then the home for um the biophilic approach and biophilic design as part of that becomes more obvious because the kind of things that keep people Um, healthy and and well and avoiding the need um, to be um, treated are often the kind of things that the biophilic approach describes. So giving people access to um, fresh air or um, views of the natural environment, um, ability to walk within green spaces to recharge. You make the important point or, um you made the important point within the within the previous question that you know our, our staff as well how do we look after our staff and ensure that they have access um to a their own decompression time whether that's around a particular health care, care premise or, or, or more generally and in West Wales it, it's a beautiful area for those who mm. haven't spent time in West Wales um it's um, yeah, f- f- fantastic scenery, fantastic natural environments. There's an opportunity there again, just like I commented earlier, in terms of blurring the boundary between professional and personal life, because we're we're not all robots, are we? No. I don't come into it just to be a <laughs> uh, a, a robot. Um, the, the the way in which um, we spend our time outside of where influences our time in when vi- vice versa so um i think the the wider staff well-being um equation is, is really important as 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 part of um
0: this yeah um we've spoken offline before um about maggie's cancer care centers and you know listeners who might not be aware of those I, I recommend you go and, and search or, or listen to the podcast I did with Dame Laura Lee it must have been about two years ago now um, but that's kind of like almost like a subliminal example of how it could be done with like gla- lots of glass views obviously they've got lots of funding they've got a different stream of funding um, than the NHS have so in a way we have to be sort of clever with what with our spending and how we design new and how we refurbish presumably as kind of absolutely. one of the things.
1: absolutely I, and you know I've been inspired through the process that we've the journey that we've gone on over yeah. the pa- past uh, few months in looking yes at international examples mm-hmm. um so much um the, the much applauded approach in Singapore yeah. for example but then seeing how things are starting to, to change in the UK so the New alderhey Children's Hospital for, for example and Valindra in, in Wales so a um, new cancer care hospital that will be uh, constructed over the next couple of years I think is very much predicated on the principles of biophilic design so both you know NHS premises this this can be done Mm -hmm. I think you're right though to identify that there are things that we can do in the routine maintenance of our Mm -hmm. current estate because that will still be with us I made the point that you know we're living with facilities that Mm -hmm. result from choices made 60 70 years ago Um, there's still life in those buildings Um, patients will still receive care so i'm i'm really interested in what we can do within current estate as well Mm. i think sometimes there there are lessons from sectors that aren't healthcare Mm. as well so again thinking about the kind of environments that we would choose and i use that word selectively and carefully in our own lives to spend time in Mm perhaps if we're staying in a hotel or choosing a restaurant to go and um, eat in or um, choosing a particular city or town to visit. There, there will be all sorts of things that influence our choices or, or decisions. And I don't know about you, but I'll often um, prefer to sit, for example, in a hospitality venue that's got a nice view um yeah. that puts you at ease um yeah. same will probably be true in terms of where where we might visit and that's kind of important we all need to take a bit of that probably back into our work life as well because we spend a lot of time in work there may be fewer choices available to us in terms mm-hmm. of the environments that we work within but there will be some choices when it comes to how we choose to refurbish a so part of this to me is just keeping that at the forefront of our minds as well Ness
0: yeah absolutely I was just thinking of waiting rooms um not not just in the hospital environment but anywhere where you're almost like in rows or you're on you know you've got your back to people and we know that actually I think and, and you know adds to that anxiety and that vulnerability and the whole sort of prospect refuge you know if different personality types obviously will cling to the wall and but um, being able to kind of give that like a hug where people are kind of sitting and waiting for an intervention or something. You know, there's like you say there's there's many things we can do by when we need to refurbish the say the chairs for instance how do we how do we which ones do we choose do we choose them with high backs do we choose them how do we how do we lay them out actually in the room that we already got so yeah we can we can be clever um i wanted to ask you what change you've seen already within your own trust i've
1: seen this really be embraced i think would be the strap line yeah. from the the board right through to the to the ward which is the same we'll often use but um yeah there's a high level of ownership a kind of chief executive um chair of the organization level but more importantly I think throughout the structure and tiers of the organization as well so you've got to have that high level kind of authorization to do something uh, different but our chair and chief exec would also say this will only happen if people throughout the organization really believe in it and feel passionate and you know I'm really heartened to see um, that that being the 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 case so some people I think have seen biophilic design and the journey that we've been going on as um, giving a real home for initiatives that they've been involved in before, whether that's um, green health or um, approaching capital planning in a different way. Whereas others have, I include my own team in this, have started to consider, well, actually, how do we support this more from a research perspective? Um, but ultimately, it really feels like we're embracing it. Should say we're still early on our journey some things were, of course, happening before we started the, the, the formal process of this journey. So it'd be wrong for me to claim that um, everything has happened as a consequence of what we've done through our kind of action learning approach as an organisation. But I think what it's done is give us a real turbo boost with that, that board support. Um, and it's really got a wider conversation going within, within the organisation.
0: Yeah, maybe you could, because um, obviously we've launched straight into this, and I know we, you touch it in your article, and we we've spoke about it before. But could you just tell us maybe a little bit about what you're doing with your staff? Because it's it's such a great idea. Um, I know we're going to talk about how we can you, how you can encourage other um, trusts to do the same thing, but um, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about like the training and the sort of experiential kind of outreach stuff you're doing, and the you know these these sort of really interesting. Um, conversations you're having and you're encouraging that can you just sort of tell us a little bit about the program that you're you're running
1: yeah for for sure and I hope our video doesn't freeze on this because probably the thing that I feel most passionate um about um as well as the overall like concepts and application of biophilic design that um yeah I believe fundamentally that Change happens within organizations, including health organizations, because people really want it to, to happen. They understand the evidence, um, they understand that doing things differently is, is good. Um, but that kind of passion, drive, ambition, commitment is what makes things happen. And within large organizations, of course, uh, healthcare, the NHS, a large organization. To have a real shift, you need hundreds of people. I think um, believing in in this um, and taking it into their own kind of personal day to day responsibility. So this is not an assumption because we've got corporate program around something that all of a sudden magically things will will happen. So, with that in mind, um, I engaged with local academic. Um, Professor Jeff Proffitt in Swansea University. Jeff's really interesting um, ecologist by, by backgrounds, and um, th- through a couple of discussions with him, we landed on, um, probably we needed t- to adopt more of an action learning um, yeah, application of knowledge approach to this where we bring professionals from across the organisation together. Um, so yes, our um, capital planners, infrastructure, hospital healthcare, building specialists, um, but also people from our um, clinical frontline, um, doctors, nurses, medics. We bring them together with experts from Outside of healthcare, so ecologists, architects, um, uh, engineers, building en- engineers, people who deal with passive buildings, energy generation, net zero, all of that. Um, we take them through a structured process over four months where they they gain insight an opportunity to step out of what is a really busy environment. Healthcare is exceptionally yeah. busy we give people we afford them some time to open their minds to biophilic design to understand what other sectors professions think but critically then to take that back into their day jobs and to think about what might a different future um uh, for our built environment look like so that's that's what we've done we did it over um four sessions between September and January. And now we're much more into the implementation where we showed them things. We took them out of the um, day-to-day environments that they would work within. And we focused it on the theory of biophilic design. And then we moved into um, uh, ecology. Um, we did a, a session on building design and and architecture. Um, we did a session that the chief exec Led with us uh, in December and early into the new year, where we did kind of sense making around it. That was a particularly good one because we invited, for example, the Valindra Cancer Hospital, um, the key individual that's been leading that development, so that people could get a sense of how this could change. And in West Wales, you know, we've got a similar plan for a new hospital. Eight years time, we want that to be. a biophilic hospital but we know based on the experience of others that ensuring that's a success
0: mm. will
1: mean that we do things between now and now and then within our current estate to give people the confidence um mm. that's the journey we've been on mm. um I think leaving it with an ecologist yeah. has been really interesting as well for mm. for me um, mm-hmm. Partly because um, Jeff will describe, and I hope he doesn't mind me doing this in a public forum, but he'll he'll des- describe the joy he has in digging holes and filling them with water, mm-hmm. and seeing what grows. And he's been involved in many wetland mm-hmm. developments, so um, less structured, mm-hmm. um, and that's been good, I think, for us to think in those kind of less structured, organic ways. Um, challenging also, because often we'll want to structure and think in quite linear terms, but yeah. really important, I think.
0: Yeah, when you think about le- less structure, nature's le- less structure and we are nature. So really it should, we just, we're so used to having everything, we need everything like this laid out and stuff. And, you know, there's the, there's that classic thing. I can't remember who it was that's attributed to, but if you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. And you also have to do it in a way you've never done it before. So what you're doing, I think, um, is incredibly refreshing. It's so exciting. And, um, you know, I I just sort of wish we could push the fast forward button so you could do it everywhere <laughs> in the NHS to really encourage it. Um, I mean, what, what are your hopes for this programme? Um, sort of, and also an ultimately a larger scale um, on the NHS? Uh,
1: do you know, and um, this is partly kind of what, me i love Mm. seeing impact Ah. Um, so my immediate hope is within our organization we can evidence change that's not going to be just about me in fact Mm. i'm probably the least important person (laughs) in this equation i'm the convener you know the experts were the people that we brought together they'll make the change Happen within the organisation, and I'm already starting encouragingly to see evidence of just that. So, the capital planning process that we're going through around the new hospital, um, I know discussions have been had with with the um, people who are supporting the business planning, the architectural team about how we start to think differently, embrace biofilic design in in that process. We've got fantastic um, uh, gr- green groups within the organisation that um, are are really picking this up and starting to run with it. We um, on a couple of grant applications with with Jeff and but also others. We're fortunate that we have the National Botanical Gardens of Wales on our doorstep. I mean, how lucky are we to have that? So we're, we're directly working with them around biodiversity, creating environments for our staff and patients to spend time in. And I believe that being able to evidence change sustains the enthusiasm and motivates people. So I think if our approach had got lost in too much theory and not showing some rapid areas where we could start affecting change that people would lose belief Mm. in it and that can happen quite rapidly um so my hope or hopes are that as an organization that you know I, I deserve the slot that you've given me today that maybe I can come back in 12 months and say based on what we've started um we can we can demonstrate within these areas that these kind of impacts have happened Mm -hmm. and as a consequence of that um it really becomes rooted Mm -hmm. um, within the organization that we don't move on to the next thing the next way of describing um how we acknowledge the importance of the natural world and you're absolutely right within which we all live and play a part in. We don't find another way of describing it, which can sometimes be the tendency when you're not making the rapid kind of impact and change that you you want to happen. So that's my hope, ultimately. And then others will do it via action. So others aren't just listening and thinking, who is this guy? And I did confess at the front of this that I'm not a biophilic, I'm not. Um, But I am surrounded by experts who have really engaged with the concepts, and i think as an organization to really gain credibility and to ensure that others perhaps would follow we we need to be able to show people that impact now
0: that's fantastic and and yes definitely you can come back whenever you like 12 months whenever and maybe we could do like a, a tv production alongside so we can video it and do some you know actually show some visuals there as well so maybe that's something to aim for um, so it'd be like a, a, a you know a filmed video podcast so um, listeners bookmark this time 12 months time <laughs> I was going to ask you we've, we've got because um, after this is just a couple more questions before we have to wrap up but um, we've got doctors and nurses and planners and managers we've got admin staff we've got all sort of different people you know working within the NHS that, that listen to this Um, As well as obviously patients and families and things, but I'm thinking for those nurses and doctors that are listening now, if you were going to give them some advice, what would you, you know, to to encourage this adoption of of biophilic design in their own trusts? what would you suggest they do, and obviously these will be at different levels, some will have influence, you know, direct influence on what could happen um on training or whatever else it is but others might be um just have like you know voice you know in numbers to get everybody excited about it or what would you suggest people should do
1: yeah it's a tough one Mm. this i i think and i I did reflect on this um in the almost i'd be asking them for Mm. their advice if we have this great thing that we believe in. I believe that there is a, a, a pool of people out there who, um, like me, um, mm. know the powerful impact that the natural world has on, on us. I would say that keeping it real and applicable would be my, my first w- word of advice and often we can get lost in the grand plan the long term And that's really important to have the long term vision. I don't want people to think that uh, I don't accept the importance of that. And even if you look at Singapore, which I have, you know, that's been a 20, 25 year journey. But also in looking at that example, they did, I think, lots of practical things in the near term that enabled them to evidence the case for change in reality rather than a theoretical case. So I think keeping it practical which is probably behind that point that i would speak to them and say what kind of environment actually um would you like to work in what are the restrictions because i know that there'll be limitations to the kind of if we take hospitals the kind of vegetation for example that you can introduce um that there are reasons um for sterile clean environment really good reasons so um, and they'll have the answers to working through some of those practical implementation challenges so keeping it practical and this this sense of chipping away and people being able to feel the benefit I think thinking about every investment or decision that is made as a opportunity so undoubtedly we work in systems that are under a lot of pressure and people are busy doing the day job. So creating space to think um, about how the environment that we work in could change in, in the future is really difficult. So for me, it's how can um, biophilic design be a part of hundreds of discussions rather than wrapping it up as something unique. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think it is um pretty special and something that needs to be protected as a concept Mm. and then thirdly the the biggest lesson for me and I don't know whether this will resonate with others um it's recognizing that for me what's different about biophilic is this balance Mm. um that you might go for one thing so you might go for a building that generates loads of energy which is fantastic and is well insulated but actually if that means you can't incorporate glass and there are a few openings within the structure of that building Mm. it feels quite stuffy yeah that's not great for my health and well-being so for me biophilic design I think good biophilic design again not an architect (laughs) should be about recognizing that balance and um understanding that you go for something that's super energy efficient you might lose other aspects of what i feel the um the definition of biophilic design is meant to be so keep it practical recognize every opportunity recognize balance would be um Mm. what i consider to be important in this
0: yeah, fantastic. That's, that's really great. Um, just as you were saying that, you're saying about light, there's so many, all the innovation on glass and, and things now as well, you can get some really super insulation, get things with shielding, things that come down that sort of like got automatic kind of um shading if it gets too bright or too dark you know so um obviously there's a cost involved in that but as the technology advances and by the time like you say the sort of the beer moss kind of like moves around to say yes we want to embrace biofuel design hopefully the costs of these things would have come down as well so um and also the supply chain is really important i think too to to recognize that the supply chain have um a duty of care as well not just to kind of pedal the same chairs and pedal the same stuff to the procurement teams is actually to say look there's another option here um so that everybody's working together at all those different levels um i did like what you, i like what you said and that really resonated too when you said um that every investment is an opportunity so every time you have they ha- you know the nhs wherever you, whichever level you are that you have to pay for something you have an opportunity to to choose um, as I said, it comes down to the supply chain too and where your and your procurement um process. but you know maybe there's also you know like a double pronged attack to um to work together to create something. um yeah, really exciting. um I'm gonna ask you the final question in a second, but before we get there, um is there anything else that you'd like to add Leighton? No,
1: i I don't think so at, um <laughs> at this I, well maybe to re-emphasize that balance yes. point, mm. um, which I think is important and maybe triggered slightly by you. Mm. Um we talk a lot about value mm. within healthcare. We talk about value in all aspects of life. And on the procurement point, I think that's quite important. So um how do we value the longer term impact of an investment? But there will be tensions
0: mm.
1: in that within um, a financially constrained system, mm. and probably some tough discussions if a, um, a a technology or approach that truly reflects the biophilic design. Approach costs more than it's. How do we value that within our our overall procurement system? Mm. And you know, back to the collective leadership action learning point. That's why I think it's really important that any organisation brings all of the experts around the table,
0: mm.
1: and we do this journey together. Um, mm. That um, it doesn't fall to a limited number of highly passionate, enthusiastic people within an organization. There is a feeling actually that the organization as a whole wants to take this journey. It is supported. There will be tough decisions along the way. Um, I guess um, I feel slightly lucky in that we have that kind of board, chair of board, chief exec support because to me, that should help us to unlock as we as we go on this journey.
0: That's wonderful. So, uh, listeners and watchers to our YouTube channel, um, I'm holding up um, a copy of the healthcare edition of the Journal of Biophilic Design. And if you want to read more about Layton's um, project, it's um, it's a fantastic um, article. I recommend you get your hands on a copy of the Journal of Biophilic Design Healthcare Edition. Uh, so you can drill down and um, and find out more. So Leighton, we're at the final part of the podcast, and as as I say, it's my favourite bit, I think, and I'm really intrigued to hear your take on this. So if you could paint the world with a magic brush of biophilia, what would it look like?
1: Yeah, tough question, um, but I think I think it would be like driving through. The Snedonia National Park, which is a national park in North Wales, incredibly beautiful. Other national parks are available in the UK. Other beautiful places are available, um, of, of, of course, across the, the world. Or the North Coast 500 up in, in Scotland or the, the Lake District in a car that is of course, powered by hydrogen or, or electric. Um, I wouldn't want to be criticised. And I contrast that. Oh, and it would have to be a sunny day. Yes. Um, and don't worry, I will unpack this. You're probably wondering, where where where's he going with this? But I contrast it with driving around the M25 on a rainy day in a diesel vehicle stuck in gridlock traffic, so... M25 was designed to be very functionally efficient, of course, whereas the roads, whether North Case 500 or the road, I can't name it, through the Lake District, but I've driven it, or Snowdonia National Park, they weren't designed to be necessarily functionally efficient, or they were in a period of time where you know the modernist motorway approach was was less uh, apparent. So for Snowdonia, curves it twists it undulates it's quite a slow road to to travel it's got lots of undulations lots of greenery natural air often you need more time to travel it more time gives you pause for for reflection um and i think to me um probably we need to bottling it thinking about it applying it more widely in other aspects of our our life that I'd rather spend time, even though perhaps it's less efficient to travel um, on on that Snowdonia road than the M25, although when the m 25 gridlocked, it's not efficient, but um, at least in the inefficiency, I can be surrounded by beauty and um, and I'll have the time and light and fresh air. So for me, um, ha- having... A healthcare environment that enables those moments and pause for reflection as you're walking down a corridor rather than driving down a road between seeing a clinician and going for an image, for example, these are important moments with your, your family, they're high stress moments, even if you're visiting someone who's been in a nasty accident so um can we can we think more about exposure to nature because i think even for our staff of course working within those busy environments too those moments those pauses the time for reflection is is really important so that would be my paintbrush and that would be my image nest. So i would draw an image of i don't know i'm not a very good painter but i draw an image of Um, or paint an image of snowdonia national park or the um, north case 500 up there in scotland
0: thank you for listening to the journal of biophilic design podcast